Hello, it's Shahid here and welcome back. Our award show is open and the next deadline is the 8th of March. Full rundown of dates are available on our website. Uh, a quick thank you for all the very kind messages that I'm getting. I'm so glad you're enjoying this season. We've got so many gems coming up for you. I'm selfishly getting so much out of this season and um, I'm glad that you are too. Please continue to share these with your colleagues. Um, I'm not going to talk for too much longer because it's boring. Uh, let's get on with the episode. Enjoy. Because they were versatile. For me, the best creative teams are the ones that are versatile. There's certain teams that have had you know, great success, but they kind of just do the same thing all the time. It's a certain style of ad. But Steve and Dennis could work on anything. They could work on Levi's and do an amazing Levi's. They could work on Phileas Fogg crisps and do incredible advertising. You know, they could do anything. And that's that's always the way that, that Victoria and I always wanted to work. We never wanted a style. We wanted to be able to work on anything. And I think that's what made us attractive for agencies to hire is we literally could work on anything. I mean, we could do an anti-smoking ad or we could do a Levi's ad or we could do a mobile phone ad, you know, or we could do um, a car ad. And it would be successful. We we didn't have a style. We we could adapt to whatever the product was. And Steve and Dennis were the same. So that that those for me are the best teams. So they were great. But that whole department was unbelievable as well. I mean, again, again, like the BMP department. You know, you had obviously Steve and Dennis. You had John and Nick who did you know the, the greatest Levi's ads. You know, um, Creek and Condom. That that the department was incredible at bbh john and russell i mean just yeah great so you couldn't help but do good ads there so no bbh was absolutely phenomenal but because of the intense way that we worked we'd kill ourselves to come up with that one idea that would be bought after three years we were exhausted we're burnt out as i said it was like the marines we were literally burnt out and we had to leave too much to everybody's shock we just had to leave because we literally needed a break Give us an idea of the the sort of working conditions. Were you working weekends? Were you working twenty hours a day? Give us a sense of what do you what you mean by the Marines? Well, as in, you can't fall, you can't slip, you can't make it over that wall, or you're out the Marines, and that's kind of what it was like. You 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 got a brief. You had to do something of note every six months, and you got the whole department all wanting to do the same. So it's like it, it's so competitive. But yeah, an amazing camaraderie. I, I mean, I loved at BBH. I loved everybody there. I mean, it was such a great time. But yeah, as I said, we burnt out. It was, it was, we, it was our own fault in a way because we were so intense on how we would crack ideas. We had to, we had to go because we just thought, well, we can't keep doing this. We had this pretty much most of our my reel, I guess, not all of it because we did some great stuff at um, BMP as well. But and Abbott Mead, but like the really massively famous stuff was all done in a three-year period at bbh i mean that i mean literally we just literally it was hit after hit but we couldn't we knew we couldn't maintain it we knew we would eventually slip and then we would be under pressure and i guess there's part of us we just wanted to leave on a high without tarnishing our sort of like reputation in a way out of interest do you think the working environment of this sort of like marines you know kind of sweatshop um, environment that you're in actually made made you create the sort of work that you did or do you think that you still could have created that work 
if even if it was a little bit more laid back and not so intense? That's a good, very, very good question. That's a really good question. I believe that, I mean, I, I, I'm, a, I'm a deadline junkie. It's really, really chronic. I need the adrenaline of the deadline. So, I mean, it was very laid back at Abbott Mead Vickers, as I'm sure. Well, I don't know if it was when you were there, but it certainly was when I was there. Everything I hoped it would be it was like, I can relax. There's no pressure. You've got plenty of time to do things. And we did some good work there. But in a way, I think we may have come up with our best work at BBH because of the intensity. But unfortunately, you can't keep that intensity up. So it's a bit of a weird one, really. I remember we we got to a point at Abbott Mead Vickers. I never forget that me and Vic we worked on an idea and we cracked it, but we it wasn't bulletproof. It was okay, and then when it was made, it was only okay. And we looked at each other and went, "That's it. It's time to be creative directors because I think we've we've lost it." <laughs> it was, was way too dramatic to be like that, and obviously that's the crazy thing to think, but that's. I think you do come to a point where you go, I, I, I want to nurture ideas now. I don't actually want to come up with them anymore. What do you think is that, though? So you kind of, do you think you've lost your edge because you've got a little bit more worn out or you got a little bit older or you got less hungry? What What is that moment? What is it? It could be less hungry. I think it's less hungry. There comes a point where you, you're earning okay money and you can tick over or you could then. Uh, and you can just do enough to get by. And I think the I think it's hunger, actually. Yeah, I think it's hunger. And I think it's a natural thing for hunger to eventually go because you no know, one can keep up that level of intensity. You know, you have to go, you know what, it's time to become a creative director and it's time to get all those hungry people. But that, but, but at the same time, the older you are as a creative director, the better you are as a creative director. Young crep directors, crep directors being made crep directors at 22, 23, 24 is a nonsense to me. It's absolutely, you, you, you've got to spend, you've got to spend at least five years, at least five years, ideally 10 years of being a creative before you can actually become a good crep director. Because you just, you need to have gone through every single possible creative problem. And had to deal with it before you even know how to become a creative director. I think, you know, the thing that's worrying me a lot, I think that bothers me most about advertising, in fact, I'm going to do a post on it soon, is like creative directors, the older they are, some of them are being let go. I, I think it's crazy for creative directors to be let go, if, you know, at a certain age, you know, like if you get into your 50s or your 40, late 40s, 50s, and you're deemed that, well, you, you're not with it anymore. You're not part of the new generation. You don't really understand. It's like, that's a nonsense. The older you are, the better you are at spotting ideas. That's the only thing that I don't quite understand is why, you know, more and more senior creative directors are, you know, being let go. I mean, this is this is not just a recent thing. This is, there's always been this ageism in advertising, which I think is terrible. Yeah, advertising is deemed a young person's game and you've got to be young. It's, that's nonsense. Yes, you certainly need the your energy of youth to stay up all night crap, trying to crack ideas, but you need senior people to guide those ideas. Do you notice that uh, older creative directors are being let go or being sort of shooed out? Yeah, 100%. It, it, as you say, it's, not, it's nothing new. It just comes down to, I guess, agencies just wanting to save money, um, but just not really appreciating the experience that they're letting go 
ultimately. But yeah, no, it, it certainly from what I can see, it hasn't changed too much. Just something that's popped into my head. So even from BMP, you know, you've got the Frank Budgens, John Webster, you've got BBH, you've got some incredible creatives, you know, Nick Worthington, and of course, Sir John Hegarty. And then you go to AMV and you've got David Abbott and, you know, stellar cast creative directors there. You're obviously aware of who they are and how incredible they are. Do you think clients are acknowledging who these people are in the same way or do they not care? Well, it's interesting. I think, well, this, again, this boils down to, you know, how astute clients are. I mean, I believe that, I mean, in those days when they pitched on something, they'd see a reel. And if they saw an ad they really liked, they'd probably ask who did that. And then they'd find out, oh, Frank Woodson did that. And then they would, that would then make them aware of the creatives, you know, be, but because of the work. Yeah, I guess you're asking, do, do clients now actually research who the creatives are on certain ads? I don't, the answer to that is I don't know. But I would imagine in those days they did. And I think that's, a, that's probably a smart thing to do. I don't know if there's the same level of superstars in advertising that there were when I was a creative. I'm sure there are teams that are famous and are sought after, just like there were back then. But I don't know. I mean, advertising's changed. At the moment, there's no... You Like I said, there was was annual events. There was sort of like, oh, what's the latest... What's the Volkswagen ad this year? What's the the Levi's ad this year? What's the Guinness ad this year? Event ads. What is there in the UK? What, What would you call an event ad in the UK now? John Lewis? That's it, isn't it? John Lewis is probably the closest thing to an event ad that, you know, is half decent. You know, a couple of years ago, there was, you know, big Sainsbury's ad, Christmas ads, you know, the World War, people playing football in World War One. That was a big Sainsbury's ad. That was an event ad. But certainly in car advertising, there's no car ads that are event ads. I mean, the car advertising at the moment is absolutely like it's 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 not great. I mean, obviously, this you still have the Super Bowl in America. You still have, you know, what's the Super Bowl ads? And they're, they're generally of a standard that's fairly decent. But in the UK, what do we got? I mean, unless I'm going mad, there's no event advertising. Therefore, normally you'd want the best team in London to write the next Levi's or the best or the next. But if they're not those events, is there even a desire to have superstar teams? I don't know now. I mean, how much have you noticed advertising has changed? Since you were at Abermead. Yeah, well, it's, it's, it's interesting just relaying what you've said in terms of, you know, when you started out, you were working with Frank Budgin, John Webster, Tony Davidson, you know, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, most of those people are either, have either passed away or they're not working in the industry anymore. And yeah. it's like, well, if I then pose the question of, okay, well, that was, you know, Steve in the 90s, we're in 2024. Who are our equivalents of yeah. Budgin, John Webster, Tony Davidson, yeah. Nick Worthington? And I'm just there. I mean, I'm sure they are there, but they're not. They're not there in the same way that they were when you were in the industry. I mean, I just can't think of. You know, I'd struggle to 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 count on my hand <laughs> like how many heroes and legends that people will be talking about in the next ten to fifteen years. So maybe that that's to do with the correlation of the lack of great work that's sort of coming out in the same way when you were watching adverts where they were the best, you know, they were better than the actual program itself. Yeah, yeah. In most cases, people want to skip the ads because they're just seen as a 
a nuisance and just you know yeah. very shouty and just very sort of boring so it has yeah I guess maybe market research has has changed that I think maybe I, th- I guess that there's an element of an increase in fear I think I mean I mean when I was at AMV it didn't feel relaxed but maybe compared to where oh. you were it was relaxed <laughs> but so it was only yeah 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 first, my first agency so I had nothing to reference it to but it felt it did feel intense to me but I remember working with Tom Carty when he was a director mm-hmm. we did a couple of jobs with him and I was so Tom Carty was the writer for Guinness Surfer and Volvo yeah 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 no, it's just for those that who don't know because we have a lot of American oh, yeah, sure. who are like was he, who's who's that <laughs> so anyway people yeah, yeah. people can google that who don't know who I'm talking about but anyway Tom Carty was like a hero of mine and I fortunately when you get to make work you get to spend you know a couple of months hanging out with these people and I was just wanted to pick his brains about how he did what he did when he was also at AMV and he used to, he he reminded me of um like maybe Liam Gallagher like that kind of attitude of just just yes. give a shit about anything and he, he he just used to say that um he just didn't care like about losing his job that was it like he was quite prepared to lose his job if he didn't get what he wanted yeah it was just this element of um whether he had fear or not he certainly didn't show it he was a bit he was definitely a maverick i think he definitely was hanging out with tony k a lot so i think some of that sort of vibe rubbed up, up, off on him and he was just like i don't care i'm not doing this for the money i'm doing it for the work and so the moment somebody you know wants to counter anything that i say I know for a fact that they'll always back down because they're there to protect their job and their income and I don't care. <laughs> and, and that was it. And he was quite aggressive with it. I mean, you know, we'd be walking down the road and people would like bump into him and he'd, you know, want to smack him. So there was quite a lot of aggression in the guy. But I guess yeah. there's more fear today. What he's talking about is that he's still, it's basically about will, right? Mm. If your will is stronger than the other person in the room. You'll get what you want. It's all about will. Yeah. Right? So, yeah, his will was so extreme that he wouldn't break before anybody else. No. Therefore, eventually you just get exhausted by that and you eventually you say, all right then. <laughs> and that, you know what I mean? And that's yeah. all, that's about will. And people who go very successful, their will is better than everybody, is stronger than everybody else's. Yeah. I mean, look... The, it's a big subject really about why advertising is like it is at the moment. And again, it's something I'm also going to touch on when I do this seminar. But the fact is, is that I think it's obviously new media has got a lot to do with it. There's two things, basically it's new technology and new media has drastically changed advertising technology. Anybody can shoot a commercial. They can shoot one on their phone and you can do it a lot cheaper than you ever could before. And a lot of the mystery around filmmaking is gone now because literally anybody can edit and shoot their own feature film on an iphone right so that's definitely played a part in advertising budgets and that's become a race to the bottom really for production companies to basically they'll be undercut by somebody who'll do it even cheaper than you and so that and and clients are aware of this and realize that well i know i can get someone to do that for even cheaper so i'm just going to keep pushing till i get that so that's part of the problem and then the other part of the problem is obviously new media you've got Instagram, you've got YouTube, you've got all these media that we never ever had to worry about. We it was very simpler times. You had TV, press, poster, radio, and occasionally a cinema ad. That was it. 
Now there's lots of medium. And of course, the one of the big things with the medium is that, you know, YouTube certainly having their 15 second stings now is massively affected advertising because everything now is 15 seconds. Pretty much every TV brief is 15 seconds. 30 if you're lucky. So that's had a massive, massive effect on advertising. And then the other thing as well that's had a massive effect on advertising is that a lot of the young people today, as a medium to get into, advertising is certainly not the first thing they think of. It's like, oh, I'll set up a YouTube channel. I'll set up an Instagram account. Why go and work with somebody in an advertising agency? And, and look, judging by the state of advertising, why would that be the most creative, fulfilling thing to do? So that's also part of the problem. But everybody listening out there, don't get depressed about this because I actually think there's an incredible future for advertising. I'm actually very optimistic because I think everything is going to sort itself out and everything is going to return to those 90s and early 2000s heydays because of the way technology is going. And I'm going to do a massive post on this, <laughs> but it's extremely positive and it's got a lot to do with streaming. So it's not all doom and gloom and, oh, why bother? It, it will rectify itself at the moment. But at the moment, it's in flux. And it's only in flux because of technology. But once the technology settles and a few things get sorted out and some things get dismissed and some, some things get more embraced, eventually it will settle down. And eventually there'll be great advertising required more often because at the moment, we don't have a settled audience. And when there's not a settled audience, there's not a desire to do great advertising because they'll think, what's the point? Because no one's going to watch it or they're only going to watch it for 10 seconds or they probably won't even see it because there's too many other distractions. But this will all settle down. I'm convinced of it. <laughs> and I'm going to do a post on the power of advertising this year, breaking it all down of why the future's bright for advertising. Look, you remember, there's always been advertising. There's never not going to be advertising. The person who had the fruit stall a thousand years ago put all his fruit outside the front of the stall. What do you think that is? That's advertising. Put all his nicest fruit at the front, didn't he? That's advertising. <laughs> advertising will never go away. Yeah. Right? It'll always be advertising. Right? It's just in a state of flux because of technology. That's all it is. So if you can ride it out, the only thing that's a bit sad at the moment, I believe, is because of the, the flux to do with modern technology, there are people not, not thinking of advertising as a thing to get into as a creative person, right? And that is actually having a, a bad impact on advertising schools because they're, they're closing down, aren't they? There's less advertising schools now than there ever were. There's one uh, that, in the UK now, I think. There's one, there's, I think there's one or two in London, isn't there? Well, I think there's only one. I think it's only really School of Communication of Arts. Yeah, because we, 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 you know, we help support them through our talent funds. Oh, know, yeah. Watford's gone. Watford's gone. Yeah. And Manchester, there was used to be one at Manchester, didn't there? I think that might have gone as well. I think that's gone. They've all got that. They, they, yeah, you're right. You know, people have got different avenues to be creative. You know, I guess when we were kind of coming through, college like advertising was one of the rare few industries that you could have fun and and make some great work but we're not really in that world anymore they're a lot, lot more not at the moment no we're not and uh, and and and, and also the part of the reason why i set up the power of advertising was i wanted to basically it was during lockdown i was just sort of like what am i going to do and i just thought oh i might talk about some of the work i've done 
So I just filmed something during lockdown. I sent it to a friend. and went, oh, God, this is, you've got, hey, this is great. You've got to do this. So I just filmed all these things, and then I never released them. And then, like, last April, I just thought, you know what? I, I You know, I, I want to give something back to the business. I want to give something, you know, there's all these creatives who are sort of not having – an opportunity to go to advertising school and I'm not, you know, and then on top of that, probably, I mean, in the old days, you probably didn't even have to pay, did you? You could probably get a grant to go to Manchester. Now you have to pay for these advertising courses and, you know, people can't afford it. So where are they going to learn? I mean, I, I, so that's part of the reason why I want to do the power of advertising. I want to sort of like help creatives all over the world. You know, look, this is the process that I went through. Here's some tips that I've got. It's now becoming something bigger than that now because I'm I'm talking about crap directors and I've just done my first interviews. I've just done Tony Davidson, EC Div, Warren Kennedy, which has been very popular. So that's been good. Another reason why I decided to do this is a friend of mine is a DOP and he's he's decided to do an Instagram account where he based it's called Set Notes. It's Ian Murray Set Notes. And he basically just shows how he did the lighting on a commercial. So he literally is giving all his secrets away. You know, and he, he's now got 15,000 followers on Instagram. And when he does seminars, he's got like 500 to 1,000 people turn up. And there are all these young kids who are so thankful because they can't afford to go to film school and no one will teach them. And uh, Ian's basically giving these secrets away and he's got these followers. And I said, well, this, what a great thing to do. And I said, so I, said, so I, I thought I'd do the creative version of it. I, I don't know where it's leading. I mean, I, I guess I'm building a brand right now. Power of advertising. Right. That's how I got in touch with you. And because I saw this yeah. website pop up and I was like, oh my God, this is just brilliant. <laughs> and I was like, I, you know, I'm not a student, but even I was like, this is fantastic. Like put my favorite ads. I've got like the inside scoop of like how it was all done. And yeah, it's brilliant. And that's how I got in touch with you. I think I sent you a message on LinkedIn. You did, you Thanks. did, you did. That's right. Yeah, and it's wonderful. And it's so lovely to get that. I was through I love that message. I mean, I've I've had a, quite a few messages from people. I've had some lovely comments yeah. uh, from people on LinkedIn. And, and and I've only put it on LinkedIn. I've not really advertised it. I've just literally just posted on LinkedIn and and it's suddenly, you know, it's it's suddenly really took off. It's doing really well and and it's from people all over the world. So there's obviously this desire, there's creative people out there who are desperate to do great advertising and desperate to learn how to do great advertising. Now, while there might be an aspect of some people might go, oh, God, it, these are the, you know, the good old days, the salad days when you could just do great. It's not like that now. But as I said, I, you know, I, it, I think my perspective is quite unique because obviously what, so I was a creative and then, um, and while I was at Abbott Mead Vic, when I moved to Abbott Mead Vickers, I did a, me, me and Vic had an anti-smoking brief and we did a, an anti-smoking ad with a girl talking about her dad getting, can, getting a lung removed. And I had a desire to direct for years and I just thought I'd take the leap and I directed that one, which was a very simple one to direct, but it got me into directing and it did really well. And then I became a director. So for the last 20 years, I've been directing and, and I basically shot all over the world. And what's What's been good about that is I've I've seen how agencies work all over the world. And let me tell you, no matter where you are in the world, the same successes and the same failures happen in all agencies all over the world. <laughs> so I've actually got a common denominator about how to create a successful agency, how to create success advertising to a certain extent, because I've seen the same mistakes being made everywhere, whether I'm in Argentina or I'm in Australia you know, the same mistakes with managing clients or the same successes. I've seen 
why agencies are have got really good clients and why they've got clients who are wobbly. It's there's basically basic fundamental rules that people make or break in the process. And as I said, so that's what I'm I'm working on now. I'm working on this big sort of seminar which basically talks about all this. And that's somewhere I didn't realise the power of advertising was going to lead. And yeah, it's been a great thing to do. Uh, I, I, it's been a thrill, actually, because just the feedback's been amazing. And, you know, I really, at the start of it all, I just, I'm basically just breaking down how we cracked ideas. But I guess I'm trying to think about, as any, I can't think of any other website where someone's actually broke down the creative process. I think that's been part of its success. Do you think also it's just going back a little bit in the beginning of your story where, you know, you could just walk around a creative department and just share share an idea with, you know, somebody like Frank Budgin or John Webster or whoever. And because people aren't really in, in, a, in similar environments where they're having to come in every single day into an agency, so they're kind of missing that yes absolutely yes absolutely I mean I don't know what this I don't know what it's like now I mean I know there are some agencies that are doing three-day weeks and you can do two days at home and you know some are just working virally you have to as I said you've got to be surrounded by like-minded people who are better than you or at least you're equal so because that's how you sort of that's how you create this environment of wanting to one-upmanship in a way that way you can basically come up with a better idea than the people down the road quick shout out from pm360 they are hosting a full day conference on march the 25th 2024 at madison avenue new york city it's called pm360 spark the innovation summit it's an incredible experience to gain exclusive insights into the ai revolution product pipelines and innovation adoption strategies from leading experts it's an opportunity to hear from panelists bringing lessons learned from their own experiences and see exhibits from innovators across the healthcare industry. You can also watch live demonstrations of AI tech that's evolving our industry. For full details, please visit pm360online.com forward slash the dash innovation dash summit dash 2024. We will drop that link in the show notes if you uh, can't remember (laughs) quite how that goes. But anyway, enjoy. It sounds like an incredible opportunity for learning, networking and connecting. Just in the next office. That's vitally important. You know, the other thing that I remember when Mother opened up and they they changed the whole system and they basically had open departments. And I remember that changed advertising quite a lot. But I was somebody who never agreed with that. For me, the ideal situation to crack a great idea is Thank you so much for listening. That's it for part two. The concluding part of this conversation will be dropping next week. So do hit subscribe wherever you listen to your pods to make sure you're first to hear it. Until next time.